Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B. Let's talk about how I can help you figure your shit out when it comes to all the BS and the trends in the nutrition and fitness industry. I am a nutrition coach that understands the hurdles that women face every day, as I too am a wife and a mother, which is why a sustainable lifestyle can't just consist of tracking your macros. Join me each week as I, or sometimes we, talk about everything from health, wellness, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. The goal of this podcast is to have you think more about your habits and behaviors, your relationship with food, and for you to get really curious about where you are right now and where you want to be. If you've been struggling with your health and wellness and achieving your goals, you cannot afford to miss out on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to More Than Macros Radio. I'm your host, Coach B, and I've got my co-host today, Miss Coach Karen. Hello, hello. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Enjoying these uh, last extended, I feel like we've got an extended summer. This has been so nice. I'm not wishing days away at all. <laughs> Yesterday, it's funny, you know, as we get into this podcast, this will be fun. We're going to talk about all things healthy, but at the end of the day, the sun is the best thing ever. I feel yeah. like um, it does help me. I go for morning walks and it sets my day, but yeah. also too at night, even though it's, it's been like here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, it's been 30 degrees Celsius, which yeah. is not uncommon, but we just don't get this many days in a row. And so yeah. for September, so we're September one today, yeah. um, normally it'd be probably what 17 degrees, probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah yeah. So it's been nice yesterday, sat in the sun with some girlfriends and I was like, I, I stood up and I'm just like, I'm pretty sure I burnt my face, but luckily enough, I actually didn't. Oh yeah. But it's been so nice and it does definitely help with moods. Cause I know for me, I'm a deaf, I'm definitely a seasonal person and winter. I don't love it. I don't no, love it at all either. No. And it's, and like right now I'm like getting in like 16 to 18,000 steps. Cause I go for a yeah. long walk in the morning, another one at night. So it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. So today this is going to be a little bit different. Like we're still going to be like talking about things that grind our gears because I feel like we see this a lot in the industry where, you know, you and I come from a background of like trying to be just healthier humans. And because we've done contest prep, we have been down this road of like trying to make everything that you want to eat that you no longer can healthier but yet not healthy but maybe just weird because at least you can get the calories in but you know they might be really uber low calories but that trip that trickles into real life stuff and so what what Karen and I are going to talk about today is how we see so many people trying to healthify things whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing and what our views are on it and some of the things that we do actually healthify because I do think that there's good places for this so Um, I'm not even too sure where I'm going to start with this, other than the fact that I think I've seen Zohi talk about this too, where she's made some TikToks and some Instagram reels on like, we don't necessarily have to make everything healthier. So I guess an example would be something like um, adding protein powder to our coffee or has to be added to your oats. Like why not just have the oatmeal with raisins, that type of thing. What are your thoughts on what you see in the industry? And let's talk about a few examples and stuff like that. So I feel like there's these like two camps. There's the camp of, you know, 
healthify stuff, you know, add protein to your coffee, instead of having regular rice, have cauliflower rice. Um, and then there's this camp of, for God's sake, stop healthifying everything that yeah. like, and it's like, there's these, there's no happy medium, right? Yeah. And I feel like, so like the buzzword right now is let's normalize this, right? And I feel <laughs> like we need to normalize this and you can just do whatever the hell you want to do. And if it yeah. works for you and you're not doing it out of a place that is um, an, an, an unhealthy place, yeah. you know, you're not saying, oh, I can never have rice because rice is bad for me. So I always have to have cauliflower rice, right? Like, rice is not bad for you and it can fit in if you want it to fit in. But if you, if you don't like rice or you don't, you would prefer cauliflower. So have the cauliflower rice. It's okay to be, you know, um, some of the things that I know that I do, for example, is I don't eat. Um, I generally don't have sour cream anymore. It's not that I wouldn't ever have sour cream. If I was at a place where there was sour cream and like I usually at home, instead of having sour cream, I have Greek, Greek yogurt is what I yeah. switched it out with because it's a way for me to increase my protein intake. It has like an end goal in mind. I find it tastes like the same. It serves the same purpose. I can make dips and use it on my nachos and all of that kind of stuff. I use it for making like creamy sauces and pasta. Um, but I'm not doing it because like, oh, sour cream is bad. Like I can't have sour cream. It's on the bad list of foods. It's I'm doing it because it serves a purpose for me and I like it. Right. Can I ask you, I have to, I have to ask this question right now because I'll forget it. So here, and I hope this can come across the way I want it to sound, but like what makes sour cream, the right decision in a certain situation versus Greek yogurt though. Right. Exactly. Like, how is like, where did we come to like sour creams? The only thing you can put on a baked potato. How do we know? Like, how do we know? Like years ago, it wasn't Greek yogurt and no one wanted yeah. to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how did sour cream become the norm? And so how can it, like, I think that's where I get lost in some of this stuff is like, just because you grew up with your parents putting sour cream on everything does not mean a, that it is normal or B that it's fucking better. Yeah. Exactly. Or that you're not allowed to use something else that you right? like. Yeah. I'm there right? with you though. I do like plain Greek yogurt. I used to actually cottage cheese. Another one too. I use cottage cheese on my baked potatoes. Mm, not because so of protein. Cottage cheese, the lumps in it. It's a texture thing for me. <laughs> but I haven't done it in a long time, but I don't know how I came across it, but I might've been during like maybe like post contest where I'm just like trying to get in protein and yeah. I'm trying to like learn how to eat, you know, dairy again. I was a little nervous about it. I think I started doing that. And I was like, this is delicious, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I actually don't like the taste of sour cream, but I'll tell you this right now, like you, you're probably introduced to it at one point in time. And you think that this is okay. Well, this is what you put your nachos with, but when yeah. you find something better, yeah. fucking have it. Yeah. Who cares exactly. if it's healthier or not? It might not even be healthier. Just have it. But anyways, yeah. I had to say that. Cause I'm just like, but what makes sour cream normal in that situation? Right. Like, why couldn't Greek yogurt be the normal thing? Right. But somehow, no, it's the narrative has changed, Karen, that yeah. that is somehow a, it's healthifying everything, but really is it? But sure, for some people it might be, because like you just said, it's a great way to get an extra protein. But for other people, maybe it's them just sour cream is that thing. 
Mm-hmm. Like put it in front of them and they will eat the entire plate of nachos. Mm-hmm. But if you take the sour cream away and replace it with something that's maybe not as desirable, maybe that's the reason why Greek yogurt has now come into it with a different flavor and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There are, there, there are reasons, but yeah. too many times people, they just see, assume, and then comment. Yeah. And I feel like it's so either, or when it should be both and. And I am, my concern is that we have this message going out saying, stop healthifying everything, just have the normal thing. And people are out there feeling judged and feeling bad. And because they have inserted certain things into their routine that works for them, and they're not doing it from an unhealthy place of, you know, saying I'm a bad person if I eat this other thing. So I have to eat this thing because that keep that keeps, you know, that makes me a better person. As long as you're not doing it from an unhealthy place, then do you, <laughs> you know, and you can have the sour cream and you can have the Greek yogurt. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And one is not necessarily worse than the other. It just depends on your goals and what you're trying to achieve and what works for you and don't feel bad about it. Right. It's kind of like the person, so we can talk a little bit about this. This is a very touchy subject, I think for a lot of people, but it's like the person who says having the, the diet Coke is what they have now because Coke was their, their thing, their kryptonite. Yeah. And the Coke is what actually contributed to their surplus of calories and their um, disordered eating mentality around food. So they would overeat because they would, you know, habit stack, let's use that term, their Coke with a bag of chips. Yeah. But in order to look at like, okay, well, I can't do both. I can't eliminate Coke and I can't eliminate the chips because that right now is too much. And I'm using the word can't because that is real. For some people, it is such a difficult process. Yeah. Then we say, okay, what could you do then? Well, I could take some of those calories and replace it with a diet Coke and -hmm. still have the chips. I'm like, yep, you could. But there will be somebody out there that will make a comment about the freaking aspartame and all the bullshit around sweeteners instead of recognizing that, you know what, making a better choice for this human will put them in a better health position Yeah, because they might be obese and they could lose some body fat. Now, would taking the chips be a better, uh, um, taking the chips away, be a better um, choice? I don't know because that is dependent on that person's habits, behaviors, and their relationship with food, their body and everything else going on in their life. Because mm-hmm. maybe that, that, that Coke and that bag of chips was a result of a traumatic event. Yeah. And they are still working through the process. But people don't stop and ask those questions. They look and they comment. And yeah. then they make these assumptions. It's like the person who's eating the cauliflower um, crust pizza. Yeah. Low carb. Cool. Why are you going low carb? well, because I'm trying to lose body fat, blah, blah, blah. And they might think in their head that low carb is the answer, not recognizing or being taught that it was calories actually. Right. But they enjoy the pizza and it's helping them lose body fat. Yeah. Now, if they're now afraid to eat a real pizza, that's one thing. Right. But then again, what makes a real pizza? Who says the cauliflower um, pizza isn't real? It could be for them. And that's where I just get so like, oh my gosh, why are we judging people on wanting to make a better choice for them, regardless of what it is, because I'm sorry, people who are judging these individuals, you're eating all the pizza though, and you're overweight. Maybe you should make a switch if you're complaining about how you feel and look, 
but you're not ready to do that. So therefore you judge other people and you criticize that when in fact, you know what, maybe take some notice of mm-hmm. what they're doing. That's maybe making a better impact on them. No one says you have to do it, but again, I think it's okay. So we can go back to the question of like, is it okay to healthify things? Yep. I think there are great circumstances and when it works, but it's super beneficial, but I also know where it's an absolute disordered eating mentality foundation that could be, it could be surround, like it could be the foundation for orthorexia. And you and I can talk about that. Absolutely. Because I know, and I'm not a registered dietitian and either is Karen, and we are not experts with eating disorders, but I do know that when I think about how I was reacted when I was dieting for a bodybuilding show, it was 100%. If I'd gone to any clinical um, psychologist who specialized in eating disorders, she would have said, you have orthorexia because orthorexia, because I had so many rules and restrictions wrapped around food. And one of those might've been, I cannot have carbohydrates, but I want to have the pizza. Yeah. So then I'm healthifying, quote unquote, which I don't even know if that's even the word. I'm having cauliflower crust pizza. Yeah. And, but I really want the pizza. That's the conflict. That's the conflict. And that is not healthy. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, cause I know this is where it kind of like grinds your gears about that because yeah, there can absolutely be a foundation for disordered eating mentality around healthifying foods, but it's understanding why it's there. Like how did this occur? And that's the thing about a lot of the work that we do, right? Is it's not just about the food. It's about the why behind the food. Why are we making the choices that we're making? Are we making them because, you know, so for example, I put protein in my coffee every day. I add vanilla protein powder and I add cocoa because I like a chocolatey kind of coffee. I can't drink just plain coffee and the protein powder sweetens it up and it makes it taste chocolatey and I don't have a bunch of syrup in there. And again, it helps me meet my protein intake. So it's serving a purpose, but it's not like I'm going, it's not like I never stop at Starbucks or some bougie coffee place and order the full on, give me the mocha with all of the stuff in it. Because it's not a, a situation where I'm like, oh, that is bad. Right. And I have these rules around what I can and can't have. Right. And so, again, it comes back to what is your why? Why are you choosing the things that you're choosing? Are you choosing those things to meet certain emotional needs, to fill holes in your soul, to create, to meet rules that you've set for yourself about what's good, what's bad and what's allowed and what's not. Right. Um, Versus are you making those choices because it's supporting the things that you want to create for yourself in your life, right? Like the big question, like, do you actually like what the fuck it is that you're choosing? Right, exactly. You and, I, and this is how we got on this conversation. So you'll have to explain how you make these. But I think if I remember correctly, you make sweet potato nacho chips. Yeah. Right. Well, so, yeah. And, and like, let's like, I'll be honest, like I never loved a sweet potato until, um, I was doing contest prep. And I remember Ron saying to me, he's like, well, you can have potatoes or sweet potatoes or yams or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, ew, gross. Like who would ever eat that shit? And then I can't remember how I, how I introduced them to myself, but I did. And I'm like, I actually like a sweet potato. My, I always said no to them. Cause I grew up on white potatoes. That's how it was in my house. Scalloped potatoes, mashed potatoes, you name it. It was everything potatoes. 
Um, so like having a sweet potato for me was like, it was like weird, but then I was like sweet potato fries, like, oh my God, they were my kryptonite. Like as soon as I knew I could have those, especially in a restaurant, I can't make my own that tastes that good. No, so they're never that crispy. They're, no, always, they're never they're that crispy. When you make them at home. <laughs> I don't even care whose recipe you send me. Cause I know I will probably get some sent to us, but it's just like, at the end of the day, I can never make them taste that great. So I start to like them. So even at home, I tend to make both because Corey doesn't like them. He thinks they're mushier than hell and taste gross unless they're in a restaurant, remember? So yeah. I'll make whatever I can at home, a sweet potato version, and I will choose the sweet potato or the white potato. Yeah. Because I like them. Yes. Not because I think they're the better choice because they're so much healthier that they're almost identical in cows yeah. and carbs and all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, do you like what you're doing? So tell me about your nacho chips and why you have people, because I think you and I kind of talked about this. Some people will comment and say, why don't you have a real chip, Karen? Yeah. I want to, <laughs> I love that. Hey, Karen, we know how everybody talks about Karens. Um, yeah, but I can't why? tell you how many times over the last few years I've wanted to change my name. <laughs> Or it's Linda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> sorry, Listen, for, sorry to all the Karens and Lindas out there. We mean yeah. no harm or disrespect. We love yeah. you all. Okay, so my my nachos. And the the answer is I do have a regular nacho. I actually have a bag of regular nacho chips in my cupboard. But I also have these um, sweet potato crackers. I get them at Costco. I think the brand name is Garcia or something like that. And so again, just to, for the purposes of getting some extra fiber in a little more nutrient dense sometimes, but not always, I create a little plate of nachos for myself at lunchtime. And I use instead of um, regular nacho chips, which are totally fine to use. I sometimes use um, these sweet potato crackers. That's my base for it. And then I stand in front of my fridge as we do, and I pull out like leftover veggies and I throw those on. And then I pull out, um, I always have a stash of turkey pepperoni in my fridge. Um, and if I don't, I'll find like some other leftover, you know, meat that I have in my, in my fridge that I throw on top of there. Um, and I have some salsa that I put on there and I sprinkle a little bit of pre-shredded cheese and um, then I pull out my Greek, my Greek yogurt. <laughs> and sometimes I add some like, some like spices or whatever to flavor it up. And sometimes I just have it as plain. It's, it's always plain non-fat um, Greek yogurt. Um, and that's how I make my plate of nachos. And it's not a giant plate like you would get at the, at the, um, at a restaurant, right? It's like a sandwich size yeah. plate of nachos. But it's a plate of nachos. And sometimes I have it with the sweet potato crackers. And sometimes I have it with regular nachos. Just depends on what I feel like for the day, right? And there's um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. It's meeting, it's meeting my goals. I feel like having a plate of nachos. Um, are there some things that I can or want to do to make them a little bit more nutrient dense? Okay, today, yes, I feel like making them more nutrient dense. Some days I don't feel like that, but that's, it, it works for me, right? I'm able to fit it into to what, I, what I do. And I'm not doing it from a perspective of, I can only have nachos if I make it in this way to make it healthier, right? Yeah, like I feel like there's some things that I often see. So you'll get the sugar-free everything. So like I remember Walden Farms, I, mm -hmm. um, I would use all that syrup and now I use like the Edie Smith and I and I don't I chose it because it was a lower calorie to meet my goals at the time and I've stuck with it I could have different 
but I like the flavor. We have Aunt Jemima, we have all these different flavors. Um, I have the Butterworths, whatever too. Um, I don't love it because it's really high in sorbitol and can really mess up my gut. But at the end of the day, they all have different flavors. All three of them have different flavors. And sometimes I play around with them. Um, but again, just because I choose Edie Smith does not make it a healthier choice for the next person. It's my choice because I enjoy it and it meets my, my specific calorie needs or whatever. And my flavor needs. Okay. Um, my husband, it's interesting. He uses that same syrup on his pancake that he makes out of oats and all that kind of stuff. Again, a great pancake. It's not your traditional pancake. You get out of a bag or whatever, but he makes that. But if you were to serve him French toast, it's Aunt Jemima. Oh, interesting. So again, we look at these things and I'm like, I don't judge him for choosing that syrup. And I definitely don't judge my children for doing that. I think that people need to zoom out for just a moment in time, because I do truly feel as a nutrition coach that a lot of this stems from the relationship you have with food, the relationship you have within your environment of people who influence you, but also to how far down the, the um, family uh, tradition or whatever yeah. exposure does this go, right? Right. So, I mean, I think that, you know, like there's a couple other ones I can mention. I use powdered peanut butter in my cookie dough. I used to use full fat peanut butter. Um, I don't anymore. You know why? And people are like, oh, you must be afraid of the calories. No, powdered peanut butter, the way I make this cookie dough actually makes it a dough. Yeah. It doesn't make it greasy, quote unquote, because peanut butter, it's an oil. Yeah. So if I want to pack it with me and do certain things with it, it is better. It makes it like fudge. And it's because I played around with recipes that I've found this out, but that doesn't mean I don't have peanut butter and I can choose natural over the craft that my husband loves. I remember being legitimately, I took a picture of the back of my vehicle at Costco one day and I posted on my Instagram and I had the trolls come out and make comments that my peanut butter was shit because it was craft, crap, process, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Okay, but I haven't even gone to Safeway where I get Adam's natural peanut butter. And why does this matter to you? Yeah. Well, you're a nutrition person. You should know better. Excuse me. This is for my health and wellness, not for you. Yeah. So again, like, I think we're influenced by what other people say, think, and do. Um, I think bandwagon stuff like keto and all that. So like the um, pepper sandwiches, you know, my message to everybody is like, you can have bread. I think it's the fear around food, um, you know, like, but I, if you enjoy a pepper sandwich, have the goddamn thing. Like there was a tomato sandwich, like those big, I don't know what you call them. Yeah. They're big ass tomatoes. Again, if that's what you want to do, rice cakes are the same thing. I love flavored rice cakes. Yeah, me too. I don't fear bread. I have bread. I have specific breads that I like. So yeah. I like, you know, little big bread because of the sprouted grains. Yeah. But I also love... Cobb's bread and there's a lot of it in my house yeah so again it just depends on what you want to do with it but I don't think that you have to put protein powder on everything to to meet your needs you just got to think outside the box sometimes maybe you're just not a person who likes protein but protein powder is an easy way but that doesn't mean just because you sprinkle it on top of your rice cakes or on your oatmeal that it makes you a bad person you right. can and that doesn't make it healthier either it's just how we we judge and I just, I, I can't. And that's what, that's what grinds my gears because 
and I'm going to let you speak. I know you're just, I can see it. She's just got, she's ready to go. My biggest problem with this entire conversation stems from the fact that people think they have every right to judge, which what is on somebody else's plate Mm -hmm. when they need to learn to keep their eyes on their own plate keep their eyes in their own grocery cart, quit judging other people in the grocery store, quit judging people who walk into five guys just because they're overweight does not mean they can't be in that, that restaurant. I, if there's, I'm going to say the word and I don't, I don't love the word, but I hate it when these judgment calls are made. And the, the, the thing, the biggest mistake somebody can make is if they dare make that judgment on my plate, because I will explain exactly why I eat the way I do. And you, it's none of your business actually. Mm-hmm. So for me, it boggles it because it does make people feel very self-conscious about their choices. It makes them feel bad about their choices. So I truly do believe if you want to make something healthier, a healthier version for you, because there will always be a better choice, do it. If it feels good and it feels right, and it does not negatively impact your body or your health or wellness, your mind, do it. But if it is impacting you in ways in which you are afraid to share that you are actually doing this because you just wish you could eat a fucking carbohydrate and your only out is a cauliflower pizza and you need to have that crust to have that pizza because you are so afraid to have carbs and fats with uh, with pizza then that is something we need to address because that is a rule and it's a restriction that we have to overcome yeah that's when you have to dig into the stuff behind it, right? The why behind um, the stuff. Yeah, and it it frustrates me that people pass judgment on the way that people are eating, the choices that they're making without knowing the backstory, right? Like maybe that person who's walking into Five Guys, yeah, maybe they're you know overweight right now, but maybe they're down sixty pounds. Like you don't know, yeah. right? Like, and maybe they've been able to do that while still, because they, they really enjoy five guys and maybe they've been able to still incorporate five guys, maybe not as frequently as they once did, but they're still able to incorporate it without it sending them down a slippery slope. Like that is huge progress for somebody. Yet, if you just stand back and say, dude, you should, all you need to do is put like duct tape over your mouth and it'll solve all your problems. Like, trust me, I've heard people say that before, right? That that's the solution for people being, for people being overweight. Talk about grinding my gears. So like, but you don't know the backstory, right? The other thing I wanted to say, jumping back to the powdered peanut butter, I use powdered, powdered peanut butter too. I put it in my oatmeal every morning. And the reason I, and, but at the end of the day, I also have another bowl of oatmeal with fruit on top and I mix the there's a nut butter that I get at Costco I think it's called um, nuts for nature or whatever and it's a combination of a few different nuts and um, chia seeds and stuff and it, it tastes really sweet and the reason I choose my powdered peanut butter in the morning is because it's lower in fat because I like my fat like I like that nut butter in my oatmeal at night and I like Um, oftentimes in the afternoon, I'll have a snack of trail mix. So it's like, I know that I, I know that I can easily go overboard on fats. And so I make specific choices around, okay, I like the trail mix and the nut butter in my oatmeal more than I like peanut butter in my oatmeal in the morning. So I'm making certain specific choices throughout the day 
based on the things that I enjoy eating and that I like to have, right? And so if I made the choice of having the peanut butter in the morning, I'd probably be disappointed at the end of the day that I couldn't have it in my oatmeal, right? And so um, again, those are choices that work for me. That doesn't mean that everybody should be making those choices, um, but I've learned what works for me and what fits into my goals and my plans, right? And it's okay to like indulge every so often as again, knowing and indulge. I, I don't like the word indulge because it sounds like you're, you're eating something that is normally off limits, but you know, having the nachos or having the ice cream or whatever, it's okay to have these things, assuming that you're having them from a place of, I am enjoying this thing right now, not because it's sending you down a slippery slope, slippery slope of, you know, not of um, not paying attention to the stuff that's behind the food, what's going on, what are your, what are your reasons for, for choosing that? Are you, you know, not paying attention to, like I say, the holes in your soul or the emotions that you're not meeting in other ways, right? I think people have to understand that when you are trying to make changes, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's because of health and wellness, that if you want to optimize something, you have to make it different, right? Because what you were doing before wasn't working. So people who are trying to make things a healthier version, it's opposite of what they were doing before. And we should be encouraging them to make these changes if it's helping them yeah. rather than demonizing them and saying, well, you know, you can just do the full fat version. Like, what is your problem? Like you have no idea what their problem is actually. Right. And I feel like that's part of it. Like maybe you don't experience food relationship issues but this person certainly does. And that is why they're overweight yeah, or why they're underfed, mm -hmm. scared mm -hmm. of food mm -hmm. in this terrible, terrible cycle. Right. So I just wish that people would understand that in, in a world of like, don't worry about anything, just eat the full, whatever version or the real version or whatever, that doesn't work for everybody because there are real problems here. Mm -hmm. obesity is a real problem it's a disease mm -hmm. and habits and behaviors and genetics and everything play a role with that and it doesn't help anyone when you make a comment about somebody else's food when they're trying to just make a better choice for themselves regardless if it's a like it could be like a cauliflower crust pizza with still all the same toppings that they would have but making that, that different choice has them not eating as many pieces because it's not as hyper palatable anymore. Right. And that's the thing people don't understand. Things that drive hunger, things that initiate or, or that, that promote satiety. Mm -hmm. For some of these people that have legit problems with food, they don't understand how these healthifying mechanisms matter. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, how it can be absolutely detrimental to someone who is trying to get through things like disordered eating mentality, because even the person who is trying to lose weight, but they go the route of so many restrictions, it's just fueling what was already there as a fire. Right. So it's amplifying it. So someone, again, I'll give you an example, someone who's been trying to lose weight and they, they're afraid of all food, they yo-yo diet, and then they choose keto. 
instead of addressing the underlying issue of their relationship with food and how they binge eat and blah, 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 they've now resorted to a restriction. And that restriction now, like they're making everything what they call, they're calling healthier. That restriction is now digging that deeper rabbit hole. And so again, they're trying to make themselves a better version. They're trying to lose weight. They're trying to change their ways, but they're actually amplifying the problem. But again, we might be the same people who like, will you know, almost make comments about that, but then almost promote it because you'll have your, the people that are doing extremely well with keto promoting it, saying, eat it that way. That's better version. Like carbs are bad for you, blah, blah, blah. But then we as coaches are like, whoa, pump the brakes here. What you're doing is actually not supportive of what's going on here. So they're, they're sitting here saying, oh my God, what I do? Like you can't win. And these people are so confused. And do you know what ends up happening to with these people? They quit. Yeah. They quit all of it. And they say, fuck it. Yeah. And then every, it just stops everything they were trying to do to become a healthier human. Now it's just stopped. So for me, again, I do think that there's a great place for making things a healthier version because it can absolutely help, help you on your, not just your fat loss goals, but your health goals. Right. But on the other side of things, it can be too extreme and we have to pay attention to that. So I don't know, Karen, if you have like a question I would ask myself, if I were a person who's like looking at, you know, choosing a food, I think it's a, a, it's an important question of like, why do you want that version? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you create that version over the other? Like you love pizza and I'm going to use pizza as an example, because I think it's one of the foods that people fear a lot. Right. So you love your traditional ham and pepperoni pizza on the thickest fucking crust you can ever imagine crust or that cheese filled crust, whatever. Right. But you're trying to make yourself a cauliflower. Like you think that this is what you have to do. Why do you choose the cauliflower crust pizza though? What are your reasons for it? Right. Do you understand the, the reason why you're choosing this? And is this truly what you want? Because if you have it and you're now making, you have to make time for it. You got to, I don't even know, like it looks like too much work for me. To yeah. But you do all this work to prep it and do that. And then you still order pizza for the family. Are you truly happy with this decision? Right. Are you still wanting that other piece of pizza? Yeah. Because if that desire has not been satisfied with that cauliflower crust pizza, even with all the toppings, then that probably was not the best decision in that moment. And you might have to reassess. Right. I don't know, Karen, what are your thoughts? Like what questions would you ask yourself? So that makes me think of something, a common behavior goal that I have clients working that tell me that they want to work on and that's increasing their water intake. And this is kind of going back to your example of replacing regular pop or soda with um, diet, right? Zero calorie stuff. So my question to, uh, to them is often, why do you want to focus on increasing your water intake as your goal? And some of them will come back to me saying, oh, well, like I have headaches all the time and I feel like I'm dehydrated and I'm just not drinking enough water. Great. Focus that on that as a goal, right? Sometimes it's, it's, um, inserting regular water intake into their day because they're, it's helping them build a, a habit, which mm -hmm. then shows them that they can create other habits. Yep. But oftentimes their answer is, well, it's so that I don't eat as much. Right. So then my question is a, do you actually want the water or do you want to have a snack? 
right? And B, mm. are you having all this water to replace actual food? And then getting to a point in the day where you are craving food and you're starving because you haven't been eating all day because all you've been doing is drinking water. And now at the end of the day or come the weekend, you're overeating, right? Is it yeah. actually serving you a purpose? So yeah, asking that question of why are you, why are you choosing the things that you're choosing? And are you doing this from a perspective of, well, I want to change things. So something's got to change. And these are, this is something that I think I can do to support that change. Or am I doing it from a place of fear or um, disrespect of myself or judgment or those kinds of things? The other thing is that I think when we think about disordered eating, we limit our thinking to anorexia, bulimia, those kinds of disordered eating patterns. But overeating is also a disordered eating pattern. And so for the people who um, have you know, post-contest prep or bulimia or anorexia, yes, potentially healthifying things may not be the thing that they should be doing or need to be doing in order to create the healthy change that they need in there or want to see in their life. But maybe for the person who is their disordered eating patterns is overeating, maybe for them, healthifying something is the way that it's going to create that change that they need and want to see in their life, right? So again, it comes down to it's not either or, it's both and, right? And we can be okay with that, but it depends on the person. And if you are making these healthier choices, you know, using Greek yogurt instead of sour cream, using diet soda instead of regular soda, um, having the cauliflower pizza instead of regular pizza, and it's working for you, and it's not causing any further issues, run with it, <laughs> right? But if it is causing further issues, or it's not solving things for you, it's not creating the change that you want and need, then maybe we need to look at other things. Maybe, maybe healthifying stuff is not the way to go for you. I think one of the things that I want to leave people with today is like um, understanding that it's never your place to make the comment on somebody right. else's plate. I, I, I don't think there's any a, ever a good time um, because like even, uh, and this is to be very clear, this is, this is even tough from a nutrition standpoint of being an expert, like even making a comment about our food, like mm-hmm. there's so much assumption around because we're experts that we never eat, you know, five guys. And I'll be honest, like my daughters have had people make comments to them about like, oh, well, you probably don't eat that because your mom says not to. And I, it just, fuck that grinds my gears because how, why do you make that assumption? Because I, I look at nutrition. That's the misconception. Because again, if you actually understood me as a human and know what I've been through and all the bullshit that I had to do to, in order to be where I'm at, to coach people, mm-hmm. a better way of life with when it comes to food, you wouldn't make that comment because I do think it's important to eat everything in moderation. And I could give a fuck if it comes from a box or a freezer. Like, I don't care. I don't care if five guys is making it for me. I know that if I don't incorporate that shit, then I'm going down that rabbit hole. And so like, even for someone who is well-versed in, in nutrition and everything, how dare you, how dare you assume? And so like, I don't think there's ever a right time to make comments. And if you choose to want to make that comment, you better be coming from a place of curiosity. Yeah, that's the word because you need to understand 
And maybe the person that you're talking to doesn't want to share their why. And you better be damn good with that. Because I'll tell you this right now. I have clients right now that don't even talk to their husbands about their fucking problems with food Mm -hmm. because it's embarrassing for them. They have so much shame and guilt wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and it's so difficult. I didn't share this shit. Karen, I was your coach and you didn't know how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And the pressure to be in this position and to be okay with food, you have no idea. You have no idea. And so, you know, I didn't share all that stuff. My husband didn't even know some of my deepest, darkest secrets around food. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's really important to be very careful because like Karen has mentioned before, that person that's walking in five guys and you're giving them freaking that look and they're like, you think they're like overweight. Maybe they've lost hundred pounds. Maybe they've lost 10 pounds. Maybe they're on their fifth pound. Mm-hmm. And instead of judging them, we should be saying, wow, because I have a question for you. Who the fuck are you to be in five guys? What right. gives you the right to sit in that restaurant and say the things that you say, or even make the comments about somebody or somebody's food when you yourself might want to do a check mm-hmm. on what's on your plate. I just, it boggles my mind. So my last, my, my, my feelings are this is like, there's never a good time. There's never a good place. I think that if you are concerned about someone's health and wellness, that you have a conversation rather than an assumption or a comment that you like, I really think you need to have more information. I think you have to get curious. You have to ask more questions or just not even make that comment because it's, it's kind of like, it's very similar. And you and I will probably have this conversation again about even the comments about how people look, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know if that's encouraging them to continue going down the rabbit hole that they are. And we don't know what that is, or that it's encouraging them to continue doing, going down this amazing, we don't know. So we have to be very careful. And I know we shouldn't be this, this, it shouldn't have to be this way. To be honest, I think that we should just eat our food and enjoy it. Yeah. There's and a comment that, that everything yeah. is okay, but that's not how it is. Yeah. There's another thing that I often say to my clients when they talk to me about um, sort of the negative comments or the questions about, you know, why are you eating that? Or why are you not eating this? Or um, how come you're not having seconds? Or how come you're not having a drink with us? And this sounds, I tell them, this sounds really, really harsh, but you have to understand it goes both ways. Like people, when they're making um, judgment calls or saying things or asking, you know, questions about the way somebody's eating, not only do they need to get curious and ask the why behind it, what's the backstory? When somebody says to me, like, why aren't you eating this? Or how come you're not drinking with us? Or what, you know, making comments about things. I have to understand that it's very possible that I am speaking truth to the lie that they are living. And that sounds so mean and so harsh, but it's true. You have to understand that they have a backstory too, right? And maybe they're coming from a place of, damn, I wish I could be doing what that person is doing. And I know I should be doing that. I need to focus on these things. But instead, but that's hard to do. That's hard to admit and hard work to do. So it's easier to judge somebody else. And maybe they're not actually judging you. Maybe the words that they're saying come out as though they're judging you, but maybe they are genuinely curious. Like, damn, like I want to do that stuff too. So tell me about what you're doing. I want to hear about the changes that you're making because you know it sounds and looks to me like you're making some really positive changes in your life. And I want to know about that, right? I was reading in a book, I can't remember the name of it, where it talked about, um, and it was a, 
it was psychology. It was kind of talking about dieting, but they were talking about like that. Like when we look at our environment, when we're, we're wanting to change. So like, okay, so you choose to not have the alcohol and you choose to not have, like, you don't want to have the burger with the bun because it's just, it's a choice you're making or whatever. Um, that when you get those comments from other people, generally speaking, what exactly what just Karen said, like some people are just not ready for change and they wish that they could do that, but it's also taking them out of their own safety place. Like mm-hmm. they rely on you as their, their environment to do the same things they're doing that reinforces their behavior. Right. And that they're okay with that. So like when you do something different and you're trying to do this and you continuously show that to this person and they're not ready, they will do everything in their power to self-sabotage you. Yeah. because they are not ready. And so it's unfortunate, but that's also why we see, or we hear those comments about people's plates and health of mind, because yeah, you know what? I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the freaking um, pepper freaking sandwich or whatever. Yeah. But you know what? If that's, it looks delicious. I'm just, I'd much rather have bread. Just let the person do it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not ready for that type of change. So, but why should I be negative about that comment? Right. Or, or about what they're doing? Why not just be supportive? And again, like I said, unless you know, deep down that this is really a negative thing for this person or even for yourself, I think, you know, it's okay. So I guess in summarization, I think there's a, a, a place in the time for making things a little bit healthier. We can call it health of fine or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, do you do you, Absolutely. As long as you feel like you're in a good place, I really don't think that there's anything wrong with wanting to be a healthier human. There will, and I will, I will say this, there will always be a better choice. Always. I know it. Yeah. Always. So do you want to, do you have any last minute thoughts? And just to FYI, I know my internet kind of went blah. So I'm, there might be an overlap of Karen and I talking for about probably 30 seconds. I apologize. It's, it's definitely my internet. So we record on Zoom. And so I apologize for that. But any last minute words there, Miss Karen? Yeah, just that I agree with you that there's there's two sides to every story, right? And again, yeah. it comes down to are you doing things um, that work for you, not just in terms of like fat loss goals, but are you doing things that work for you in terms of supporting your mindset and your relationship with food yeah. and your relationship with yourself? If you're making changes that are supporting those goals and those needs, and they're sustainable for the long run, um, then do them, right? But if you're doing them from a place not of self-love, of self-hate, of self-judgment, um, you know, or of outside pressure of having to look and be a certain way, then those changes are probably not going to be A, sustainable, and B, not going to be helpful for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, people just need to be a little bit more. Um, I think I, I really do think that people just need to be a little bit more accountable to their comments and their, their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like let's think before we speak and make those comments and just allow people to just be Yeah. again. I think that if the more we can just focus on what we as individuals are doing, I think the better things will be because we don't have to push our own influence on other people. I think that we all should be, you know, we specialize in individualization and I think that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I know it's hard when you, you grow up with people and, or your, your best friends now are doing certain things and stuff, and that will always have an influence. Social media will you name it. But at the end of the day, we are still in most cases, grown ass adults 
that can make decisions and we have our own beliefs. And sometimes it's just better to not say anything and just to do what you're doing. And even for myself, who is very strong opinion, have very strong opinions, but I'm so passionate about what I do. If you are brave enough to make a comment about my plate, kudos to you. But you damn well better be prepared for my response because yeah. I'll tell you this right now. I don't care if you're my favorite person in the world. That shit irritates me more than anything in this world. Yeah. Because there are too many assumptions and I've seen too many people absolutely not recover from a single comment about something that's been put on their plate. Absolutely. And it's, it's horrible. And even for me, and we've lived this life because of contest prep, you are absolutely scrutinized for everything you do post-show because of how you look and the food choices you're making. And is this going to be the rest of your life? Is this sustainable? Like all the bullshit that comes with that as individuals, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And in this industry as nutrition coaches, it's even more, mm -hmm. but I welcome it, but it's because I'm armed. Yeah. I've got the knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, watch out. Cause I'll fire right back. So that's where I'm going to leave you guys. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, Karen. It was a great conversation. Probably one of my favorite uh, podcasts to date with you. Um, awesome. So yeah, it's been great. Okay, everyone. So I guess we'll see you guys on the next episode. You bet. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag me at Motivate and Be Fit and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice. And please don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows the podcast to grow while helping more people figure their shit out. Chat to you next week.